Good morning. Will you stand with me? Welcome to church. We want to teach you a new song. Jesus, I pray that you'll have your way in our hearts and in our lives today. Be glorified by what's said and sung and prayed and preached. We come to you today ready to hear your word.
Jesus, I surrender. And all to Jesus I surrender. Only at His feet I bow. Worldly pleasures all forsaken take me, So we
as we come to a time of prayer, um, go ahead and take a posture that you feel like you can take a deep breath. Listen to the voice and the love of Jesus speaking over you this morning. Where do you need to place your trust this morning? Consider maybe over this past week the things that you have been trusting in other than Now hear this. Gracious and upright is the Lord, therefore he teaches sinners his way.
place. You give us a place to belong. You give us peace when we're worried. You give us forgiveness. You will with us. And we can trust that whatever that is will be what you want for us. And that is better than anything else we could imagine. on a pretty regular basis. And so last summer after we came home from Johnson City, Tennessee, I made peach cobbler every three days. And it was good. Um, And I shared it with my neighbors. Y'all, you know where I'm going with this, right? When we experience the peace of Christ in our lives and we share it with others, they need to know. They want to know, what is it? What's the recipe for that? I would like to know the recipe for that. So I can recreate this in my life every day, right? And then I want to share this with my neighbors. I want to give this piece away to each other. And so this morning as we come to this time of passing the peace, this is not just simple, hey, how you doing? This is an intentional act of us experience the peace of Christ and then sharing it with someone else. I guarantee you it's better than the peach cobbler. So will you stand with me? For those of you, this is your first service with us. Welcome. We're so glad that you're here. I'm Pastor Jen. This is a time, not anything to be anxious about. You can just simply turn to each other, and we extend peace to each other like this. May the peace of Christ be with you today. Thank you. Now, extend that peace to each other. Meet someone new. I am going to meet the kids back by that exit sign right there. So if you are in elementary school or four years old and up, you can come with me back there. So please extend that peace to each other.
All right, everybody, fun time's over. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was up to me, we just cancel the rest of it and just hang out for the next hour or so. We got donuts and coffee. We're good. Well, welcome, everybody. There's a lot of new faces out there. Mine's kind of new, so you guys might be regulars, and I just don't know it. Well, uh, we've got a few announcements. Things coming up this week. So, we have Right Now Media. Uh, if you haven't tried Right Now Media yet, it is just, there is a... a plethora of things. That means a lot. There's a lot of videos, uh, studies, and things like that. Um, if you have a smartphone, really, you just put it on camera, point it at that, and a magic screen will come up and take you right to it. If you don't have that, well, then someone besides me will help you figure out how to do it, because I don't really know. I'm, I think I'm officially old now. I'm asking young people how to help get help with technology. Is that that's the, that's the point when you know you're old, right? All right, well, tonight we have an ice cream night for the teens. Or if you can disguise yourself as a teen, you might sneak in, Danny. Anyway, uh, what time does that start? What time does ice cream night start? Kids, stay until it starts after church today. (laughs) Seven o'clock, that's... Six o'clock. That's like walking to. Hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, Drew, that's by our house. Let's just walk there and interrupt it. We're going to. We'll come TP the teens while they're having ice cream. It's going to be good. All right. So this evening, you, wanna, you make the call. Six o'clock? Seven o'clock? Six o'clock at Neighbors, if you're a teen or, or identify as a teen in this day and age. All right. And then Wednesday night, that does have an official time on it. Is that at your place? All right. At the Show Walters house, 630, is this teens only? No adults? No old guys with kids? Man, I think you should just handle announcements next time, man. All right. Well, next we have, uh, we're going to be reconstructing. We're just, uh, I think... Kind of moving some stuff around, sprucing it up. We're going to have a uh, some more usable work area. How about that? Kids can do stuff. We can do stuff. Love to mow the lawn, but you know what? I have to mow the lawn. And uh, this time of year, you know, I've been in Florida about a year now. I've got to mow it twice a week. It's getting ridiculous. And then uh, you got to like dodge the storms, so because it gets, it's anyway. But I have some great thinking time when I'm mowing my lawn. I, I don't know why, but it's one of those times I, I don't like to mow, but I realize it's going to be a good time because stuff's going to come to me or stuff's going to at least bother me and I think think through it. And uh, 
after the last few weeks, I had a conference last week, and then thinking through stuff, while I was mowing twice this week already, God was saying, why does the church exist? get you to work why do you have it and i'm not saying sell the church and burn it down not not yet but as we come to offering time i was thinking through uh what what does what does god want from us and i think back to i was thinking back to hosea you guys know hosea first of all he had a wife named gomer that's that's number one but do you know what gomer was I don't know if I'm allowed to say that out loud right here. There's kid. Are there any kids in here? Well, yeah, there are. She was a, a friendly lady that, that worked with her friendliness. And God said, I'm going to go over to the message version. That message is by Eugene Peterson. He was really good at like translating the old stuff into really common uh, current vernacular. And he says, I'm after love that lasts, not more religion. I want you to know God, not go to more prayer meetings. The, the money that will come in offering is good. It goes towards some good ministries. But that's not what God desires. Uh, the fact that we got a lot of rears in, in seats today, filling the place up, that's good. But that's not what God desires. God desires that you know his heart. Remember when... Uh, Jesus three times was talking to Peter, and he said, Peter, do you love me? And you know, you remember the frustration of Peter? He's like, of course I love you. He's like, then feed my sheep. Three times he kept going, if you love me, feed my sheep. We call Peter the, the founder of the church. The founder of the organization that feeds the sheep, that makes disciples. 
So as we seek God, as we know God, as we contemplate what is God's heart, it is that we are to know Him, love Him, follow Him. But two, if we love Him, if we say we are the church, But let's, let's talk to God. Let's listen to him. Let's have a moment of prayer as we just listen to him and say, God, what does it mean for me to love you? Father, we praise you. Above all things, we praise you. In the hard times, we praise you. Even though recently I've been begging you for easier times, God, I know that you are moving. You are teaching. You are working. And Lord, might our offerings be more than just meaningless stuff set at your feet so that we can have a, our guilty conscience, conscience set free. Might we truly love you. Might we truly know your heart. And might we move towards making disciples so that this world will be changed as you want to be changed, that your kingdom might come to fruition. We praise you, Father. And I know the adventure of following is that see all you people with names like brian and tim that means nothing to you but for a garen to know that there's another garen out there that's a big deal so sorry my bad okay so i'm garen and i'm one of the pastors here and i'm so thankful for the chance to uh to bring the word today and so two years ago i felt this um
season. But it hit me that if you weren't here for all of those other weeks, you're kind of coming in to the middle of the story. So here's my task today. Let me look at the clock. My task is in 10 to 12 minutes to catch you up on everything you missed last year. And if anything piques your interest, I want you to go back and listen to the sermon or watch the sermon from last year. But then we're going to have one more step today where we carry the narrative just a little bit further. So it's going to be fast and furious. I'm going to get rid of my southern accent and I'm going to go all New York on y'all. You ready? Buckle up, buttercup. It's It's getting real. All right. So. The first thing we need to do is you know that Matthew chapter 5 is where the Sermon on the Mount is. But we talked about Matthew chapter 4 is where we find the mission of Jesus and why he came to earth. And so if you have your Bibles and you turn to Matthew 4, uh, Matthew 4, 17, it says, Then Jesus began to preach, and this is the mission of God. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is near. Sound familiar? It is familiar because that's the mission of God. And all we have to do is go back a couple of pages. The last book of the Old Testament is Malachi. Not a lot of people spend a lot of time in Malachi, and that's all right, but we're going to spend just a minute here today. Malachi chapter 4 speaks of this man that will one day come and be the forerunner for Jesus. And they're talking about John the Baptist, but here's what Malachi says. Because he didn't know the name would... A mouthpiece of God. It's a person that speaks the words of God. They're not just speaking for God. They're speaking God's words. And it could be judgment or it could be condemnation or it could be salvation or it could be a promise.
and they were the law of Moses, but they were really the words of God. And so God is saying in this passage, I want you to remember my words. But one day there will be someone that will come and be a new prophet and he will be a new mouthpiece for God. And so here's what's happening. You've got the law of Moses being proclaimed throughout history. But God is saying there's going to be something new that's happening soon. So just stay close. So we have. Jesus. And so we have this word of God, and John says it better than Matthew says it. So we're going to go to John real fast. In the first, first part of chapter 1, I told you I was going to be fast. In the beginning, the word, Jesus, already existed. And the word, Jesus, was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. And the word, Gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light. And we have this pivotal moment where we have the word of God with us. And so Jesus, in Matthew 5, 1, says he ascended up the hill and began to speak. Now that ascending up the hill would help them kind of tie, okay, so this is... these first blessings, Jesus instead 
He says, blessed are the poor. And the weak, and the powerless, and the nobodies, and the throwaways. The garbage. And if you'll remember, last, um, last summer, we talked about how this is what... In the light of Jesus, there's much more value and worth than what we thought. I'm not there yet, so I'm going to stay there. So, after the Beatitudes, man, i got to really step on it. Are y'all still with me? Give me something verbal. Yes? Okay, every now and then say amen, just so that I know you're there. So, after we get through the Beatitudes, we get to Jesus talking about being salt and light. And we know that salt and light are very important things. Right? I like, yes, thank you. I like salt. I like light. Salt adds flavor. Salt makes us thirsty. Salt is a preservative. And what Jesus is saying is, I want you to be salt in this world. I want you to be these God flavors in this world. These these God flavors that season the difficult moments in people's lives. These God flavors that make people thirsty For the living water. I want you to be these God flavors that will have people craving for something, even if they don't know what they're craving. They know they need something. And then Jesus says, you're light. Now, let's be clear. Jesus doesn't say you should be light. He says you are light. Jesus invites us into this process of being light in darkness places we are to be his light in these places in the world where darkness and trouble and pain exist and where everything feels like the darkness is closing and all of a sudden the presence of jesus is found because we show up and we are the light of the world because we have jesus the light of the world inside us and then we get to jesus talking about the teaching of the law And remember, we talked about how Jesus didn't come to do away with the Old Testament law. It's not like there's a new plan. It's not like God said, oh, well, experiment humanity 101 did not work. Let's scratch that and try something else. No. Jesus returned to the original plan that was established before the ends of time. If you'll recall, there was this time when God walked with humanity. And talked with humanity. And there was this closeness. And there was this presence between God and humanity. And Jesus, the word of God, is now saying, that's going to be happening again. I'm walking with you. I'm talking with you. We're not changing the plan. We're not doing something new. We're going back to the original plan where God and humanity can once again walk and talk together. 
And after that, Jesus says, okay, well, what does that look like? Well, you guys have gotten a few things wrong. Let's talk about this law of Moses because I didn't come. be home by 10 o'clock and they get home at 1037 and the next morning you say were you home uh, you know were you home uh, around 10 o'clock well yeah I was home around 10 o'clock well technically yeah you were closer to 10 o'clock than maybe four in the morning but that's really that's threading a needle isn't it because the truth is what your parent was saying was did you follow what I asked you to do? And were you home when I asked you? And you weren't really, but you could kind of shave it around and make it. And so Jesus is saying, let's talk about things like anger. Let's talk about things like divorce. Let's talk about things like how we respond to our enemies. And every time Jesus said, you've been trying to follow the letter of the law, but the truth is, I want you to live in love. I want you to understand that, you know, when I'm teaching about anger, love isn't hostile. When we're talking about adultery, that's just you being selfish. Love isn't selfish. When we're talking about divorce, back in that day, remember we talked about that was... talk about oh my brain just went blank giving praying and fasting and all three of these things would have been things that everyone would have been expected to do these were non-negotiables if you are a follower of god you give you pray if you are a follower of god you fast you do all of these things but it's not just enough to pray and fast and give Because that's just you going, well, we thought this was the law and you're telling us it's wrong, so now we'll just do it this way. And God's saying, no, 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 no. Yes, your actions are important. But your motive behind what you're doing is what I'm after. And all three times, Jesus has two phrases that he uses.
just a little bit. Jesus says this, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. That's one of the phrases that Jesus says in these three moments. They love to pray publicly on the street corners and in synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. For love in the Bible. There's multiple kinds of love, and we just say love. And so it's kind of hard to get the nuances of certain scripture. And so. good place to do it so there are a lot of nuances now the word hypocrite in the word greek there is no ambiguity it means the exact same thing then as it meant now and we know that because if we look outside of scripture there are philosophers and writers all around that time and even hundreds of years before and hundreds of years after and hypocrite always means hypocrite so what does hypocrite mean It means an actor. Somebody who puts on a fake face. It's a pretender. We might say they're posers. That's what hypocrite means. And Jesus is saying, if you're acting one way here and a different way here, you are a hypocrite. We don't need to dive very deep into that word because it's what it is. And the interesting thing is, thousands of years later, I'm guessing if I said, who loves to be called a hypocrite? There won't be very many people raising their hands. Because even thousands of years later, we understand that that's probably not a good thing. Don't be like the hypocrites. Don't, don't be a poser. Don't be a pretender. Have you ever like been at a party and you're in the kitchen and you're talking with someone and it's casual and you're having fun and then somebody else walks in the kitchen and all of a sudden the person you're talking to starts speaking more eloquently and well, you know, it's like, wait, what's going on? We were just talking about our kids eating mud and now you're like 
pontificating over something. What's up with that? Or how about this? Ever since... It was all smoking screens and fancy videos and flashy lights and smoke hazers. and They were just trying to act like they were better than they were. And once again, Jesus says, they'll get their reward, but here's the thing. Jesus is saying, you want to be praised by men, you can be praised by men. That's really easy to do. Just look good in front of them. If that's, if that's all you're looking for, you can do that. You can be seen and praised by men, or you can be seen and praised by God. The choice is yours. But you can't. Maybe uh, you put on a happy face here at church. But your marriage is falling apart. But everything's good. Maybe you care an awful lot about being seen as a spiritual leader or a spiritual authoritative person. You haven't spent time in God's word in weeks. And if you're not sitting at a dinner table, you haven't talked to God in a long time. Maybe you think you have to have it all together. And you don't have it all together, but you're doing this whole fake it till you make it. And the facade is killing you. Because you know you're being.
And I'm not falling apart. But I'm probably not as forthright as I should be when I talk about some of the pains that I'm going through. Some of the things that I'm dealing with. And so it's easy for me to put on the pastor face and, hey, hey, hey. But in reality, I'm human just like you are. There are people that say hurtful things about their pastor. I'm also aware that there are times when people's pastors say hurtful things. And I. It is just an act of obedience that gets me here. I, maybe you need to hear that because it's like, oh, well, he's always there. He loves. Yeah, I do. But there are times when I don't. And I don't want to be hypocritical. Because I feel like we all, we've got to be real with each other. Right? I love this church. But being a pastor, Jason will tell you, goodness, we have half a dozen pastors. Passage in scripture, and you're like, Well, I can't talk to the pastor because he'll just say, I got no. Let's struggle together, let's be real with each other, let's be honest with each other, let's grow together, let's be authentic. Paul in Romans 12 would would say, Let your faith be like without wax. And what he means by that is, they used to have this habit of if there was a vase or something that was broken, they would just add a little wax and heat it up and it would look perfect. And so you'd buy this beautiful vase and then you'd go home and the sun comes out and it gets hot and all of a sudden you start to notice all these cracks and you start to realize that what you had isn't great. It's actually all broken. And I wonder if that's how some of us are living our lives. Your vases look great. Good job. But there may be more cracks in us than we're willing to show. And wouldn't it be nice if we could find a place where we could just be real with each other 
So here's what's going to happen. Danny's going to come up and play a little something, and, and I'm going to be at the altar praying because I still have work to do on me. And I found that these altars, if you're not familiar with our denomination or altars, man, these are great places to come and put yourself in a posture before God. To just say, I'm healing, I'm broken, but I'm open. I know some of you will say, I can't kneel. If I, if I get down, I'll never get back up. Well, then I encourage you, Maybe you want to come down and stand at the altar and talk with God. I just feel like I'm probably not the only one here that's struggling with this hypocritical issue. So Danny's going to play. And I'm hoping that there will be some of us that will be willing to step out with me and say, we just need to talk with God. We need to settle some things so that we can course correct so Danny's going to sing the verse maybe a chorus and then we're going to come to the table so come and join me and I will have surrender all to you
people of authentic faith. Jesus, I think of how so many times when I tell people where I pastor, I have people that say, oh, it's such a friendly church. And that's great, Jesus. But God, what I'm praying is that maybe when people find out where we go to church, maybe they would say, oh, those people are so authentic. They're so genuine. They're so real. They don't hide their struggles. They don't they don't ignore their needs and put on just a happy face. The church is not the place to keep up with the Joneses. Jesus, you haven't called us to attend a church that's a museum. You've called us to work. will help us to live lives of genuine faith in our home with our spouses with our kids with our co-workers everywhere we go may we be people of peace that are genuine and authentic we pray this in the name of jesus our savior amen we're going to Come to the front for communion and hand washing and that kind of stuff. But So let me give you some instruction and then we'll come to the table. As you come to receive the elements, we ask you to come toward the middle aisle and then you can return to your seats. And if you hold your elements, we'll take together. And if you're visiting with us in the Church of the Nazarene, we believe in an open table which means you don't have to be a member of this church. You don't have to be a Nazarene. This table was set by Jesus who invites all. And so if you are a person who is seeking to know more of Jesus, 
You are welcome at his table. So, um, Jason, could you maybe give me a hand up here? We're going to... So on the night that our Lord was to change human history forever, on the night that he was to be betrayed, he was with his disciples in an upper room. And I can't think of many places where more vulnerability and overwhelming love was displayed than when Jesus sat with Disciples that were following him, disciples that would betray him. And every time I hold up the cup and the light hits, it just, it looks an awful lot like the blood that he would soon shed. And he held up the cup and he blessed it and he said, this cup represents the new covenant. Love that word new. This cup represents my blood, which will be shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Take. 
drink all of it and be thankful. you are Lord. And so I pray that you will help us to leave this place as people of peace, as people of faith, as people of authenticity, and that we will take you out into the world and be salt and light. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, will you stand with me? If you're visiting with us, we sing our benediction and So you might not know the song, but that's okay. You can catch on. Um, But if you are a regular, sing out extra loud. You ready? We sing...